Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower here with the Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence for the WIBR Warren Radio Network to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. And you can find the WIBR Warren Radio on usa.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. You can listen to our shows on warren-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. You can also find the Warren Radio on the following streamers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. And be sure to give us a thumbs up and leave a good comment on the shows where you heard us because your interaction really helps and we thank you for that. Don't miss the following posts on warn-usa.com or danaglennsmith.com. Time, Seasons, God's Secrets breaks into the world of technology and humanism. It brings an ancient secret of who's really in power. And don't miss this. World leaders dig heads into sand. It is as if the world leaders have dug their heads into the sand and ignore the danger signs. There is today more threats in the world than ever before. And don't miss when the grinders shall cease. And that points to a day when this generation will find its path of vanity over. And you don't want to miss the difference a day makes. God, time, and man, along with the propensity of carelessness and thinking, we have time. Time to burn, time to repent, and time to do what we like. And you don't want to miss persecuted Christians. No freedom of religion. I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. In John chapter 18, we find in verse 18 the phrase, If the world hates you. And last but not least, you don't want to miss reprobate, the nation whose God is not the Lord. The nation is not alone, for it includes all nations as we know them. We find a people who have rejected the word, his son, and a word, and a world that is in rebellion against him. And be sure to go to danaglennsmith.com where you can sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter. And also, you can visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. We feature Christian books and other resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome the Watchman.
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing today? Well, doing good. Again, it's hot. Yes, it is. If you were down summer, you would, uh, you know, expect it to be hot. Down in Texas, you know, when I think of that, I think of all the, all the trouble coming out of Texas with Biden's uh, lousy border policy. Is well, you see, the thing of it is, the way the Democrats do it and Biden does it, is that oh yeah, this is, uh, you know, they'll blame everybody else. And, uh, you know, it becomes a crisis, which is exactly what a Marxist takeover does. That's right. And so while you're flooding Texas with all the illegals, you're actually breaking down the system to get it the way you want. So uh, this is is the policy of Obama. This is what Biden is pushing. This is what Susan Rice is pushing. This is what the liberal left wing are doing. If you were Ilian Omar, she even wants to bring in Islam. She was, after, after all, uh, she belonged to a jihadist group where she came from before she made it up here when she pretended to marry her brother. And so we've got nothing but a bunch of people that uh, are lawless and who are dead set on destroying it. But nevertheless, no matter how bad it looks, you know, the wicked are not in charge. The Lord's in charge. That's right. That's the bottom line here. Thank God. God leads them to destruction because of their rebellion. And so they will find the end unless they repent. And God help them if they take this thing and, and people. Biden will be personally responsible because of the policies that he did for the death of the young and the innocent down there. Joe Biden is facing judgment for that, and I mean death. No amount of Catholicism is going to change that. No amount of phonying around. That's right. Especially backslidden Catholicism. Now, besides that, we're looking to the Lord. We believe that he's the one in charge. He absolutely is, and... As we've been going through Isaiah, there's one reason we have a book of Isaiah, because the Lord God sent him. And uh, that shows alone that God is not only just in charge of all those things on this earth. He brings the wicked, leads them by the nose to their own destruction. And this is one of the prime examples of Sennacherib, ultimately revealing what God will do. Yeah, and this is part 93 of Isaiah's prophetic book. Hezekiah and Sennacherib meet in fulfillment of, his, of Isaiah's prophetic words giving, rega- given regarding Judah and Assyria invasion. Isaiah gave the prophecies, and to both men we see fulfillment. And now back to you. Okay, we'll, we'll begin this. See you on the other side. Okay. We are in Isaiah chapter 36, and uh, 
Isaiah actually foretold all of these events. And now he begins to cover them. And so Isaiah 36, Sennacherib invades Judah. Uh, chapter 37, uh, Hezekiah seeks Isaiah's help. Chapter 38, Hezekiah is sick and he recovers. And chapter 39, we bring in Babylon. And that's important because this is where it's all leading. They're connected in the way that uh, the Lord God uh, has delivered them and the judgment. Uh, he delivered them during Sennacherib, and it was a lesson to the wicked that God is the one that's the final judge. And uh, now, in Second Kings 17... 1 through 41, that details the fall of Israel. This was the other house of Israel. This is the ten tribes, while Judah was the other house of Israel, Judah, which included Benjamin and the Levites. And 2 Kings 17, 1 through 5, details who Hosea, or Hosea, uh, who ruled nine years over Israel, and it was Hosea that was overthrown by the king of Assyria. This is in the northern tribes again. Um, Second Kings 17, 6 tells the fall of Israel and that the king of Assyria took uh, Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria. And verse 7 of that gives the reason Israel was carried away because of idolatry. And in Second Kings, now make no mistake, Idolatry affected both houses, but nothing like it affected the northern tribes, or what we call the lost tribes of Israel. Now, see, um, let's go through this, and when I get to that, we'll... They should say that. And uh, 2 Kings 17, and I'm going to read these verses. And this is as uh, a background. Now, you see, Assyria did this to the northern tribes, the, 12, the, the 10 lost tribes. It, they became lost in history. They're coming back today. But yet, um, we lost track of them biblically and historically. They became swallowed up within the nations as a result of Assyria. Uh, going after uh, Israel, as it called, or the northern tribes. And that was the other ten tribes. And because they did carry them away, they were totally removed from the land. Of course, they always leave a certain amount of the poor people and others to work the land. They put a, a king over everybody. And see, it's because of that experience that Assyria thought that they would take Judah. But Judah was another matter, because Judah hadn't backslid like Assyria had. And so it is uh, in verse 7. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt, from under the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt, and had feared other gods, and walked in the statutes of the heathen, whom the Lord cast out, before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel which they had made. 
Now you see, he specifically, the Lord God specifically warned all of the tribes of Israel do not do those things which the heathen did before you. And he detailed the judgments that would befall them. Verse 9, And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God. They built them high places in all their cities from the tower of the watchman to the fenced city. Now see, this is another thing that is typical of people and, and civilizations that rebel against the true Lord. They think they're doing it secretly. <laughs> it's so ludicrous, but people do. They think, well, the God won't, God won't care. It's going to be okay. And because they feel good in their sins, they continue on. That's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of these, uh, wisdom. Because when men and women and nations begin to fear the true and living God, then they begin to learn, maybe I need to change what I'm doing. And it says in verse 10, And they set them up images and groves in every hill, high hill. And uh, at these were... Uh, Ashtaroth and uh, under every green tree and there they burn incense in all the high places as did the heathen whom the Lord had carried away before them and wrought wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger for they served idols whereof the Lord had said unto them you shall not do this thing yet the Lord testified in, against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn you from your evil ways. Now see, here it mentions Judah, because Judah got into it as well. But you're going to find out in this section, when Assyria came after him, they had Hezekiah, which is known as a good king. And, uh, I mean, he wasn't perfect in any way, shape, or form, but he was making some reforms, and he was bringing the people away from what they were doing. For the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn you from your evil ways, and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, which I sent to you by my servants the prophets. Remember the Lord in Jerusalem. He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets. That's how they treated the prophets that God sent to them. It was also at Jerusalem where the Lord said, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Notwithstanding, they would not hear, but hardened their necks, like to the necks of their fathers that did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their forefathers, and his testimonies which he testified against them. And they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images, even two calves, and made a grove, and worshipped all the host of heaven and served Baal. Remember the, uh, the golden calf they made at Sinai. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire, use divination and enchantments, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his side, out of his sight, and there was none left but the tribe of Judah only. So by the time we have Assyria coming back the second time, 
and Judah is now run by Hezekiah. The northern tribe, the other house of Israel, no longer existed. And for all intents and purposes, it wouldn't have been really hard for Assyria to go through the land. <laughs> but as we found out, when they got to the gates of Jerusalem, that was a different story. And uh, that's where the heathen goes. Well, you know, we have this land. We'll just go ahead and take that. And while we're at it, we're going to take Jerusalem. Well, that didn't work out. And also Judah kept not the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel, which they made. And the Lord rejected all the house of all the seed of Israel, afflicted them and delivered them into the hand of the spoilers until he had cast them out of his sight. For he rent Israel away from uh, Israel from the house of David, and they made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king, and Jeroboam uh, drave Israel from following the Lord, and made them sin a great sin. So let's go down here and. In verse 1, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, 36, the first verse. And then I'm going to go back because we're doing the, the intro to this. Now it came to pass in the 14th year, that's 709 B.C. That's a long time ago. Of King Hezekiah, that Sennacherib king of Assyria came up against all the defense cities of Judah and took them. Now... Let's roll back. In the 14th year, Sennacherib, who came, was the son and successor of Shal Shalmaneser, who was the king of Assyria, and began to reign in 714 and reigned according to Calmet but four years. Now, you see, the immediate thing about this, uh, according to uh, Albert Barnes, is the fact that Judah, under Hezekiah, had shaken off the yoke of Assyria. And uh, now, see, it was Hezekiah's father, Ahaz, you remember Ahaz and Jezebel. They, and the reason they went had trouble is because of this wicked king. And I, I point this out time and time again, even in our modern arena today. In, in the areas of the persecution of Christians, everyone you can find. Um, and that also goes for the other people within that nation. It's always the government of men. In North Korea, it's the government that oppresses the Christians, especially Christians. But they also oppress their own people. In China, communism, the government, oppresses and makes war against the Christians and, and have torn down the churches. And so you get into India, a nationalist Hindu party is in charge under Modi. It is radical Hindus that have been making war against Christians there. You get into Pakistan, and it's, and uh, you see, because India has a nationalist Hindu party, 
that government is geared and it's geared to remove everything but Hinduism. So it's the government in India. It's the government in Pakistan, which is Islam. And you get into Iran, who oppresses Christians and churches and tears them down. Turkey's the same way. And Islam rules in both of those. Um, and when you get in Russia, you know, the Soviet-style socialism also is a problem. All these things you, you can directly, in, in, our, in America today, What's the problem with, with America? What's causing the issues? Why did the XL pipeline get thrown out the window by Canada? Why can't our border be secured? You know, why is it not a focus on American companies? Why are we getting so far in debt, especially under Biden? Obama was the same way. It's because of your government. And Biden, uh, I mean, uh, Obama had eight years to screw America up and lead it his own way in, in a Marxist way. That's where it's headed. And then Trump came in for four years and changed a few things that really looked good. He, had a, he, he did historic things that we've never seen in this country. And then it went back and Biden took over and took it back to where Obama was. You had four years, America, to see what was the truth and the right way and all you could do is bitch moan complain plot against do everything you can to get rid of trump and you had help from george soros and many other billionaires out there because they don't want any kind of a constitutional republic it was back in 1999 that i first covered about <coughs> the globalists who were pushing a takeover and to get, remove any nationalist identity. They'd been working on it for a long time. This was in, in America. Now see, you have Hezekiah come along and he begins not only, and the reason he can shake off the yoke of Assyria is because he's returning the people back to the Lord their God. Now there's four Syrian kings, and I mentioned this before. There's Shalmaneser, Shalaman, who is uh, uh, mentioned in Hosea 10.14. There's Sargon, Sennacherib, and er Esarhaddon. And uh, they were right here connected closely in history with the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And they're going into captivity. And in Hosea 10:14, to refer to Shalaman, he says, "Therefore shall a tumult arise among thy people, and all thy fortresses shall be spoiled, as Shalaman spoiled Betharbel in the day of battle. The mother was dashed in pieces upon her children." So you see, four kings. The first one mentioned was Shalmaneser, and his name means fire worshipper. He was the king of Assyria. And he ruled, uh, he reigned between Tiglath, Pileser, and Sargon from 727 to 772, or 722 B.C. That, that's only um, five years there. And remember, you're going backward. Uh, Sargon means prince of the sea. He was known as one of the greatest of the Assyrian kings and mentioned by name once in Scripture in Isaiah 20 and verse 1. 
And in Isaiah 20 and verse 1, in the year that Tartan came unto Ashdod, when Sargon, the king of Assyria, sent him and fought against Ashdod and took it. So I'm going in some of this history to let you see how Assyria <laughs> has been so caught up with the tribes of Israel. Because the, the children of Israel fell away. And they used Assyria. But see, it wasn't Assyria who could take Judah. It became the role of Babylon. And God, God eventually brought down Babylon by the hand of Persia. And of course, Persia and many others eventually were totally taken over by the Roman Empire. Uh, Sargon was successor to Shalmaneser and Sennacherib's father. So Sargon, one of the greatest Assyrian kings, he was successor to Shalmaneser, but he was also Sennacherib's father. And it was Sennacherib then whose campaign took war into the final battle at Jerusalem after his armies had laid waste to the land of the other nations. Now we just got done with the chapters that Isaiah did. That was his prophecy. Now we're going through Isaiah's actual recording of what was going on. Sennacherib mean uh, actually, and I find, I find this funny. You know, because we look at Assyria as a type of the wicked, just like, you know, we look at other nations when there's wicked nations. This is what happens to the wicked. Sennacherib means or refers to sin. Yeah, that's right, sin. Meaning the moon god uh, and, uh, and had multiplied the brethren. Esar Haddon is the son of Sennacherib. And that closes the whole thing. His name means joy or cheerfulness. He was a successor uh, to the throne and also the last king of Assyria. And remember, it was Sennacherib's sons who killed him. Now, we don't know how many sons he had, but Esar Haddon was his son. We don't know if he killed him, but we do know that he was the last king. Uh And Esar Haddon was infamous for his luxury and effeminacy, being like, you know, soft like a woman, appreciating the things like a female would. Uh, the city being besieged and nearly taken, this was at the time of his end, he collected his favorites and treasures in his palace, set it on fire so, all that per so that all perished together in the flames. So is the wicked. So that's a little history of the infamous Assyrians. Now every kingdom rises and every kingdom falls. China rose a long time ago, they're still there. Russia rose a long time ago, they're still there. North Korea, South Korea rose, at one time they reunited, now they're divided, they want to unite it together, some of them. But yet North Korea has a problem. You get in America, America is short-lived among the nations of men. Great Britain is longer lived than America and is still existing today. You have the European Union of Nations, which is new 
it'll probably not last. You have individual nations. But see, one day the judgment upon the nations is going to take place. Now I'm speaking of the final judgment that God does on the nations of men that he'll set before them. But there's also going to come a time during the wrath of God in the tribulation where the Lord God will take on the nations of men and it won't be a fun sight won't be good at all so now we come into Isaiah 36 and in the 14th year 709 BC King Hezekiah you know he's bringing his people back from Ahaz's destruction through idols and uh, he was bringing them back to the Lord God and it's not like Isaiah had everybody in the palace that agreed with him. But he definitely had power and a name. But it's really funny. It, it, it's strange that he is totally different than his dad. And then you would think, okay, between Ahaz and Jezebel, who was the worst? In my book, it was Jezebel, and Ahaz went along with her. And so, he might have gotten more of the good traits of his dad, and none of his mother's bad traits. And whatever the case, this is the king that brought Judah back. And, of course, you go through the destruction of idols, And so as we look at Sennacherib, who is the son of Sargon, in history, these events here are only a third of what he did in expeditions or making war. And the place where he's at, according to Kyle and DeLeese, these are um, biblical scholars, and uh, Hebrew. The position we find Sennacherib is between the Philistines or Philistia and Jerusalem to the southwest of Jerusalem. And so in Isaiah 36 2 and the king of Assyria sent Rabshakeh now this guy was a he was the chief cupbearer. I guess you could say that is a very important position. But uh, if you're close to the king and you do something wrong, you're dead. But nevertheless, the king sent him. from Lachish uh, <coughs> and that was south of Jerusalem it belonged to the Amorites another bunch of heathen pagan idol worshippers 
you see how close sin lies? <laughs> Lying to the south. What do we do in America? You've got sin everywhere here, kids. And we fool ourselves. That's our big problem. We have been so rich. We have been so blessed. Uh, you know, it's just the way he is. He'll get over it. Whatever it is, we accept it. Abortion, oh yeah, that's fine. Late-term abortion, that's great. Fornication, any way you want it. Open the doors, rewrite the Bibles, you know. Have churches that make it easier for the sinner to come in. You know, don't talk about repentance. You know, water down the gospel. Oh yeah, welcome to the new America. Welcome to the fate of Judah and to the northern tribes known as Israel. You think for a moment that if God sent both houses into captivity for their sins, God help us. Both houses. They sent into captivity also. He destroyed the temple, which is, uh, of course, after his name and the place where he was to stay. Destroyed the city, which he loved. Destroyed the prophets. Some of them made it. But he, he laid waste the whole stinking mess. Because of stench in the nostrils of God. He says, I'm weary with your feasts and holy days. Why? Because they had corrupted them. So if he's going to do that in history, do you think that he's not going to judge America for our sins in our stupidity? Well, you got another thing coming here. You want to hang on to that thought? Go right ahead. Well, look at China. She's bad. and look, She's been there forever and God hasn't done nothing. That's true. But China never made a covenant with the Lord God the way. And this, this is true. This is history. Pilgrims had to flee the church of Great Britain because of persecution. And wherever they went in the current world that we would know as Europe, they were hunted down. So when the time came and they had a chance to go to the new world, they went. And when they got at the new world, at a place known today infamously as Plymouth Rock, because the Mayflower and the Plymouth and the Santa Maria, was it? At any rate, they made it to the shores. It doesn't matter that they were the first ones or the second ones. It matters that they knelt on the ground and they also had the covenant, the pact that they made, but they prayed on this land and asked for God's blessing. You see, if we look at Abraham, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness sake. One man, Abraham, one, not two, one. And it was through him that the nations would be blessed. 
Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness sake. Christians today believe that Yahshua died on the cross for their sins. We believe what God said and supputed unto us for righteousness sake. It is the same imputation. There's only one difference. Abraham did not have the spirit of God at the time. It wasn't given. But it ha was given this time. So you may think that the Old Testament is dead. You may think that it has nothing to do. Now you listen to the modern ministers because they'll just throw the whole thing out. So at any rate. So here comes this wet behind the ear, idol worshippers, pagan cupbearer representing the most powerful king on earth at that time. Sennacherib, son of the famous Sargon. Nobody messed with them. You gave them tribute, whatever they wanted, you did, that's it. And so... He went to Jerusalem to see King Hezekiah. He took with him, of course, a great army. He just didn't go alone. And he stood by the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the Fuller's Field. It was on the west side of the city. We talked about this. Because there was, uh, during sieges, it was really, really relevant to have water in your city. You couldn't hold out without water. Food, you could do a while, but without water, you needed water. And so they had a way for that water to make it safe for the people to come and get water and be safe from the army. Then came forth unto him Eliakim, Helikiah's son, which was over the house, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah, Asaph's son, the recorder. So all three of these, you have Helikiah, you have Eliakim, or Eliakim, who was over Hezekiah's house. You had the scribe called Shebna, and he had Joah, who was the recorder. And these three were confidential ministers of Hezekiah. They, they must have had a regular role, and he had a lot of confidence in them, so he sent them. Well, Hezekiah isn't going to go. And verse 4. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Say you now to Hezekiah, Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? <laughs> I say, Sayest thou, I have counsel and strength for 
war? Now on whom do you trust that you rebel against me? That's the king. So the king of Assyria is saying to Assyria, I hear you're saying these words. They're vain words, useless words. You can't withstand me. You say that I have counsel and strength for war. That's what he's saying that Isaiah, uh, Hezekiah is saying. Now on whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Now see, when they were doing what Assyria wanted and paid them everything and everything was fine and dandy in their world, Assyria would also protect them. They would always protect their subjects. That is, if they didn't pillage them completely and just kill them. But see, he had heard that they had sent a delegation to Egypt. And, of course, Isaiah had already prophesied all. So here you go. Lo, thou trustest in the staff of this broken reed on Egypt. Whereon if a man lean, it'll go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all that trust in him. You know, you can hang on to a staff and walk with it. A big large cane. But if you try to grab it and it's filled with stickers or, or needles, you can't hang on to it. It doesn't do you any good. So it is with Egypt. You can't trust them. They're too dangerous. They'll turn on you. And in verse 7 it says, But if thou say to, you, say to me, We trust in the Lord our God, is... It not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah hath taken away and said to Judah and to Jerusalem, You shall worship before this altar? Now that's interesting. Because in the whole situation here, Rabshakeh assumes Judah. And Judah, of course, they say, well, we trust in the Lord our God. But they had taken away the altars. You see, they didn't know the difference between the worship of Yahweh and paganism. It was Hezekiah's father, Ahaz and Jezebel, who put him up. She was the pagan queen. She turned Hezekiah. Uh, turned Ahaz. So when Hezekiah got in power, he took down the pagan altars. It's kind of funny, really. Because here's this pompous little dude that carries a cup and thinks he's something. Now see, he is something now because he's representing Sennacherib. But if you let this pup of a 
cupbearer do anything wrong, he'd have his head cut off. He ain't nothing. The only thing that he is is someone that the king uses. It's like there was also another position where where you would have someone kneel down that serves you a lot. You can put your feet on him. You can stand on him. You can sit on him for a chair. These were just servants. But because they were next to the king, they had status. So this knucklehead comes up and challenges Hezekiah, knowing that he took down the altars of Yahweh when this guy wouldn't know Yahweh from anything. He doesn't know that him and Sennacherib were led down to the gates of Jerusalem to show Israel the power of the Lord. And you'll find that throughout the prophets. I will bring them down to Jerusalem and judge them there. That's why we expect the war, the final war, to be at the gates of Jerusalem, what we call Armageddon, it's Armageddon. It's a place where there's a lot of blood sacrifice going on. It's a cursed place. Now, you know, people today, all these centuries later, don't think about it. Hezekiah will exactly say that. We trust in the Lord. So Rabshakeh will be encouraged. Hey, we got him now. Because we know their God ain't there. Well, how would you know? Huh? Do you pray to Yahweh? Do you know him at all? Have you got a clue here? Knucklehead? See, and it's always the wicked who knows better. Well, you know, Christ ain't coming yet. You know, the Baptists over here, and, you know, you have the assemblies over here, and you have all these other denominations. None of you know what's going on. I know. I've had people even tell them that the Lord has appeared to them and tells them something totally nonsensical. The wicked do not know the Lord. They cannot know him because he is spiritually discerned. And today, through Yeshua, Jesus Christ, to receive him is the only way you can become born again of the Spirit. You need to receive him. 1 John 1, born again of the Spirit, John chapter 3. You have to walk in the light as he is in the light, as he is in the light. 1 John 1, confession is made unto salvation. You can read about that in Romans 3 through 7. The wicked are going to tell you anything. And so they're trying to convince these ministers of Hezekiah. And of course they would know. They would know if Hezekiah had torn down the places of Yahweh. But guess what? There's only one place of Yahweh. It was the tabernacle and still, until they got the temple. And it was the priests, the Levites the high priest following the exact word of God in fulfillment. 
and the people walking in the way the Lord wanted them to. And this could have been the reason why Sennacherib and, you know, it was either Sennacherib or Reb Shekai. Somehow it gotten word that all these idols had been taken down. All these altars. And so they believed that they had been devoted to Yahweh, which they weren't. But you see, you got to remember that if any anybody would have looked at what was going on, they would have also seen that there were priests and prophets of Yahweh that were doing what they were supposed to do in the temple, and they were doing other service in an idle capacity. They, they were all corrupted. So they would have known. Hey, these things came down. And they would have also known from history. How Balaam tried to turn. And trap Israel. When they came out of Egypt. He did so through sin. They would have known the victories that early Israel had and how powerful they were through King David. And they would have known for a fact of the glory of Solomon and the wisdom. And so in verse 8 he says, Now therefore give pledges to be agreeable. You know, if you give me something to my master, king of Assyria, I will give thee 2,000 horses. That is if you can find anybody to put on them. If thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. I'll give you 2,000 horses chuckling to himself probably these people can't put 2,000 together in our, uh, uh, a group of people riders on horses now the Assyrians would have easily had 2,000 easily many times over and of course he's taunting him now making fun of him I'll give you 2,000 riders I mean, 2,000 horses if you can put riders on them. Ha ha. You're all hidden behind the walls of Jerusalem. You've destroyed Yahweh's idols. And he goes on further later on. On this whole line. You see... Remember what the Lord said, even the devil and his minions. That's my word. Can appear as an angel of light. You know, many years ago, I was tracing those individuals 
who appeared as Christian leaders, but who were antichrist. And I found him around the world many years ago. There was a guy in Australia. There was a guy in Russia. But there was also a guy that came out of South America who actually started a church in Florida. He called himself the Antichrist, which is rather funny. All the Christians in America, <laughs> you know, if, if you've been in the church in America, you know, raised here and gone through any number of denominations, you'd have known what the Antichrist is. <laughs> so here comes along a dude, he has a church. He says, I'm the Antichrist. He claimed to be Christ, but he was the Antichrist, anti of the one that came. And then he had all of his people put 666 on, on them as a mark. This truly happened. I don't know what happened to the guy. I seen a little bit of news not too long ago. I mean, some time ago. I don't know, maybe a year ago or less. I mean, in the world, we'll believe anything. And when you're Rabshakai, and you see these stubborn Jews behind the walls, led by some king who's just taken down all of Yahweh's uh, altars, you know that this is the tribe that had priests devoted to Yahweh. And man, if they're, if they're going to tear down his altars, he isn't going to protect them. We have nothing to fear. Unfortunately, he got it all wrong. Unfortunately for him, he was led there by Yahweh himself. It was a lesson for, Yahweh, for uh, the, Judah to understand that they were on the right path. They weren't out of the woods. And they've got to clean up their act and walk before him. But this time he would deliver them. The problem for Judah, the next time he wouldn't. And they didn't believe that. Because the next time was Babylon. But before that happened, God sent Jeremiah to warn him. And there were other prophets. They didn't listen then either. And they went into captivity for 70 years. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the lessons. Dear God, I would that we would understand and be found in Christ and draw near. And I would that we would pray for the peace of Jerusalem and the salvation of Israel. Bring back your people and save them and protect them. Those who you know.
And in Jesus' name I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay. Boy, if we could only learn lessons today from the past, it would save us a whole lot of trouble. It would. It's hard to believe. Yes, it is. And you know, the thing of it is, they had this Jerusalem uh, prayer breakfast, uh, big deal, uh, on CBN carried it. And it was a big shindig. A lot of people worldwide came to Jerusalem for this event. And boy, there was a lot of people standing up for Israel. That's exciting. That's good to know. You know, we need to. And so, you know, and this is the truth. America needs to stand, and it needs to stand not just for believers, but for Israel. That's right. Amen. But make no mistake, God is going to teach America a lesson. He let you see what it would be like if you had someone that could really carry out an agenda to heal your nation. But because we have people in this country following a wrong way, and that way is pride. Pride will go before a fall. In this country, it could get really, really bad. In fact, judgment could be full. I pray that God in his mercy in his judgment he will remember that mercy. Amen. So we got to go. Good night everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We pray for you. And we hope the best in you. Good night everybody. Shalom to the Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.